everyone, welcome to this week's um, The Extras Podcast. This is a special episode. I've got here with me Jeff Lovell, who is a member of Morning Church. Um, even though he doesn't attend, Jeff has actually been in St. Paul since the early 80s, when St. Paul's took over St. James North Rocks. So you and Beth, how long have you been in St. Paul's for? Well, <laughs> since... St. James became a part of St. Paul's. So we've been around for, what, whatever it works out to be. Yeah, about 40 years yeah, or something like that. 40 odd years. And you have um, six children and 23 grandchildren. Um, thank you so much for sharing with us on Sunday about dystonia and um, the way that God has led you through that suffering. But you have actually been suffering from cerebral palsy, which you've had since your birth, and then more recently dystonia. And when we were talking earlier, Jeff, you actually said that the dystonia was not the worst suffering you've had. Um, you mentioned something about growing up. So what was that like for you? The cerebral palsy was part of it, and chronic bronchial asthma was the other part of it and between them they kept me at home uh, more often than I was at school Mm. so I didn't really uh, fit in at school I wasn't part of an in-group and as a consequence uh, the survival of the fittest theory kicked in and I was victimised and bullied and back in those days nobody, it was every man for himself uh, nobody put in special provisions for uh, people with a disability or sickness so I just had to cope as best I could mm. and I copped a lot of bullying, uh, and that was hard to live with. So after 30-odd years of pain and living with your right arm with the cerebral palsy, you would say that childhood, that bullying, and being marginalised was still probably the worst. Yeah, mental mental, uh, attack. Uh, such as online bullying is far more destructive than some sort of physical disability. Thank you for sharing that. Because it does, isn't it? I remember I was listening to a sermon um, of of Matt Chandler and he was saying, you know, when sort of someone physically harms you, yes, you know, you get bruises, you get better. But he was saying how his daughter was told that she was the Walmart version of this other girl. And that was kind of said to destroy her soul. Yeah. So that was pretty terrible. And I'm sure that's something she probably yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably the, the worst. But you um, had cerebral palsy. And then you mentioned that sort of where you're sitting right now, we're at your home in North Rocks. You were watching television one day. And what happened? I had been noticing that when walking and sitting in the train going to work that my neck was tending to want to pull backwards 
And one night as I was watching TV, I thought, this is ridiculous. Why is my head wanting to do this? So I got up and went into a different room where there was a chair with no back support. And I thought, I'm going to just sit here quietly and see what my head does. And I quickly realised that my head was moving back all the time and that I didn't really have full control over it and that I was struggling to hold my head still and I, I just sat and cried for a long time because I thought, well, my right arm from the cerebral palsy, my right arm is something I've learned how to deal with. I can hold it in all sorts of ways to support it. But how do I stop my head? How do I support my head? And I didn't really have an answer for that. And I was worried as to what was going to be the outcome. So how did it end up impacting you and your life? Well, I went to a number of doctors to try and get a diagnosis. But because it's so hard to diagnose, it was a number of years before anyone could tell me what was actually wrong with me. Uh, I was still going to work. My head was in another place. I was like a stunned, stunned mullet. It was a struggle to work, but the bills had to be paid and I knew we'd have to sell the house if I stopped work soon. And how many children had you and Beth had by that point? We had six children, mm. uh, so the food bill was pretty high. <laughs> mm. uh, teenagers eat a lot. I struggled on for ten years until eventually I had to stop work. Uh, that can be a bit traumatic even when you are retiring normally. But for me, it was particularly difficult to find myself at home at age 55 with no contact with anyone and Beth still trotting off to teach. Uh, suddenly, I was sitting around at home with the time in my hands. That's, that sounds what you've talked about from the diagnosis to them work and then having to retire early. Um, that all sounds pretty distressing. I mean, I guess that's not the plan, the, the life that any one of us has planned for ourselves. You know? um, 
when it happened, when it, it kind of started, what were the thoughts that you had? It was pretty difficult because I I didn't know how was I going to feed my family, how was I going to pay the bills. How, I, I didn't know how I was going to survive. I didn't know how I was going to keep doing what I was doing at church. And... Of course, very quickly I had to give up on the leadership roles that I was used to filling at church and pull out of all that sort of stuff and I found that was quite distressing. Because I remember um, you said, and, and this is actually when we first met was at Zoom after church, Jeff, you said to me that one of the questions you had as you had to stop to do that was you wondered if the dystonia was because God wasn't pleased with your service. Was that maybe one of the reasons? And I really resonate with that because I think whenever we go through deep suffering, we ask the question why sometimes. Like, was there a cause? Maybe say if, you know, I'm struggling to have children, could it be because maybe God doesn't think I'm a good parent or I won't make a good parent? Could that be one of the reasons? I think why me is a natural thing to ask. Um, my response has been, why not me? Mm. Um, I realise that we're living in a broken world. People are free to choose to do whatever they like. People choose to do silly things or do the wrong thing from time to time. We've all done it. And the result of doing the wrong thing is suffering. It's what stops this world from being the perfect world that God created. We have our free will to do as we please and as a result things go wrong. It doesn't mean that God's punishing me for something I did wrong. It's just that the world as a whole has been uh, corrupted mm. by people doing the wrong thing and so we have diseases, we have all sorts of problems that are a result of our collective failure to live the way God planned for us to live so I've learnt that it's not right to look for a reason within myself, but to look at the world as a whole and to think of uh, my position in it. And I know from experience 
but God will always look after me, that I can trust him. He's a friend, a friend who will always be there and he's always looking out for me. Going through this as a member of church, what were some of the ways you felt loved and times when you haven't over the years? I think the you you feel loved when somebody interacts with you. You feel loved when you know that it's not a case of out of sight, out of mind. So I have often felt loved when Beth comes home from church and says, oh, so-and-so was asking how you are. Or when Beth gets off the phone and says, oh, that was so-and-so just calling to check on how you are. That makes you feel loved. The opposite is also the case. You feel unloved when people don't call you, don't interact with you. You feel as if you've been forgotten and I can understand that. I was like that. A bloke who's highly organised and very busy doing things at the church and doing things for his family. He has way down on his priority list the idea that he might call someone who he hasn't seen for a while to see how they're going. I know, Jeff, you um, mentioned that you have appreciated with COVID some opportunities you've had to serve. Can you tell us more about that? COVID (laughs) was a curse to the world and to many, but it was a blessing to me because it enabled me to uh, again become an active participant in church activities because everyone was stuck on the computer. So (laughs) I was able to... Um, get involved on Zoom I was able to enjoy the live stream along with everyone else I was able to reacquaint with friends that I hadn't seen for in some cases decades Um, people who I used to see every week at church Uh, I saw them again and uh, sometimes I didn't recognise them at first. (laughs) I won't mention who. Uh, But uh, it was so nice to be 
able to interact on Zoom with other people and I've really enjoyed all the opportunities that have been around since uh, the pandemic occurred. I enjoyed taking part in the church prayer meetings that were held on Zoom, for example. Mm. They were the first prayer meetings I'd been able to go to for about 30 years. Um, things like that have just made a real difference. I just want to say, as I hear you reflect, Jeff, I think I'm just amazed at your willingness to throw yourself into serving in whatever opportunities you get. Even, you know, with COVID, for a lot of us, it's felt like life has stopped in its tracks. And for you, you're just seizing every opportunity you have to serve and to pray with others. That's really encouraging. Um, we're kind of thinking through deep suffering. How do you think we can best love someone going through that in their life at the moment? I think it's important to always look on the bright side of life. Look for opportunities rather than excuses. And... So this is if I was going through deep suffering to look in the bright side of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage people to be on the lookout for others who have obviously got some problem in their lives and do what you can to help them, engage with them. Don't worry about what to say. Usually they'll be happy to do most of the talking. They'll be happy to think you care enough to listen. They'll enjoy your company, even if it's just sitting in silence a lot of the time. Ask about their situation. If they don't want to discuss it, they'll let you know one way or another. If that's the case, don't push them for answers, but just let them share as much as they want to. Maybe call on the phone. Maybe ask if you can bring some biscuits or a bunch of flowers or some sort of gift around for them. And that might be the icebreaker, if they invite you in, you might get to be invited back again. The main thing to remember is to be a good listener. Mm. We're trying to encourage people to get closer to God, to feel His love. Remember... God understands suffering. Think how... We've just celebrated Christmas when Jesus was born as a man. He was sent by the Father to die for us. Think how much suffering the Father went through as he looked down from heaven 
and saw his son suffering, suffering terribly on the cross. He suffered. So when we pray to Jesus, when we pray to the Lord through Jesus, we're talking to a God who has suffered. A God whose suffering makes our suffering look more like an annoyance than real suffering. I sort of feel as if I'm a bit of a, a bit of a fraud being put up as an example of suffering <laughs> when I compare myself to so many others. Uh, you only have to watch television and look at all the people at refugee camps or whatever, and you think, well, yeah, they're suffering. Um, I'm living in a comfortable house, and I'm suffering. You've got to be kidding. Mm. <laughs> it's all relative. Jeff, this is pretty amazing coming from you who have battled with chronic pain for 40 years. Um, but... That's really good advice to look at the bright side, to be thankful and to remember Jesus. And in supporting others who are going through suffering, to be a listener and to point them to Christ. Yeah. I think one of the things I think about in suffering is, you know, how do we not become bitter and resentful? Because we, we see that can happen with Christians and with non-Christians, with, with people who don't know Jesus that you can become bitter and resentful and you can even cut yourself off from church or from God. Jeff, what words do you have to say about not falling into that bitterness, resentment? You can't blame God. God made everything beautiful. We silly humans the ones who messed it up. And when things go wrong, it's because people make silly decisions. Someone runs a red light and goes side on into another car and kills someone. Result? Suffering. Someone... Well, I won't go on. Mm. You can think of any number of examples where somebody does something silly and the result is suffering. You can't blame God for that. Mm. People are going to die. You can't say, why did they die? They're going to die sooner or later and God has a time in his purpose for everyone to die. We don't know why things happen when they happen. Sometimes you could work it out later. Sometimes you... You might apply for a job and you don't get the job even though you'd really prayed about it 
and you would thought it, and you thought that was definitely the job you were going to have. You miss out. Mm. Don't blame God. God's got a plan. That wasn't the job he has for you. He has a different job for you. And probably, not always, but probably sometime in the future, you'll look back and say, golly, I have such a good job now. I'm so glad I didn't get that first job that I was so sure I was supposed to have. That's been the case in my life. I've been sure about things. I've prayed for things and they haven't happened. And later, with hindsight, I've been able to say, well, thank goodness God overruled and didn't do what I wanted because I would have been in a bit of a mess Mm. if that had happened. Thank God that he knows everything, right? He knows the end from the beginning. Exactly. And it may not be until we die that we find out what what the plan was. Mm. Uh, We may never find out, but that's not the point. The point is that uh, life is all a part of God's plan and the pieces are just falling into place like a jigsaw puzzle. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for speaking um, with us today. And thank you so much for sharing from your story on how God has carried you throughout your whole life and um, also giving us some wise advice on how we can love people who are suffering and how we can keep trusting Christ with our suffering. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome.